Sean, what advice would you give maybe to someone who's listening and maybe someone that's struggling with addiction or with the law or, or whatever it might be in that in a similar place of darkness? What advice would you give? Change your mentality. So if you want to do better, you have to make have to be willing to make the changes for it and to give yourself a good support or staff or structure or whatever. Yeah. Have good people around you. Because if, if you want to change, you can't have the same old people. That's one of the things about being in with Safe House and stuff. It got me away from the people that I used to hang with. Now I have a new set of friends and everything like that because that is my family. Hello and welcome to Renew, Restore, Rejoice, the Safe House Ministries podcast where we share stories of the power of God to change lives through Safe House Ministries. Safe House Ministries is based out of Columbus, Georgia, and we are a ministry that exists to love and serve people who have been affected by addiction, homelessness, and incarceration. I'm your host, Phil Schuler, the Director of Development for Safe House Ministries here in Columbus, Georgia. Safe House serves over 1,100 people each month as they transition back into our community. Safe House provides an abundance of services, including 213 beds for homeless individuals and families, case management for obtaining job skills and long-term employment, over 300 hot meals every day, free clothing, and so much more. One of the most incredible services that Safe House provides is our free 9- to 12-month intensive outpatient substance abuse program, which is state-licensed, CARF-accredited, and has no wait list. Almost 100% of individuals staying in our shelters who follow our three-phase program become fully employed within a few months. And 68% of individuals who stay at least one night with us end up finding work and moving into their own home. Thank you for being with us today and listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Good morning. This morning on the podcast, I have Sean Colley. Sean is here to share his story. Sean is an employee of Safe House Ministries, and he's doing some great things in the ministry right now. And he is a part of helping many other people to make changes and improvements and just really to have a better life for themselves. Sean also himself was a client of Safe House at one time, and he was not always as he is now. And so today, Sean's going to share his story. Sean, good morning and glad to have you. Thank you. Sean, just to start out, I want to ask you a question about maybe if you had to pick one word that would best describe yourself, what do you think that word would be? Giving. Giving. What makes you say that? Because everything I do, I try to put my heart into it. That's awesome. You're very generous in giving, giving of time, giving of things, possessions, money, whatever. Yes, sir. Have you always been that way or is that more recent? It's been more recent. Okay. That's awesome. What's made that change that make you more giving? Being baptized in prison. Okay. Wow. Fantastic. When I fully devoted myself over. Yeah. That's good. When you, you devoted yourself to Christ? Yep. That makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And I love the difference Jesus makes in our lives. Yeah, that's good. Sean, I just wanted to, I guess, start from the beginning. What was childhood like for you? What did things look like early on? Well, I was born in Yuma, Arizona. And I was raised more or less on the West Coast. My dad was in the Navy, so I was raised in different ports and stuff all yeah. up and down the West Coast. And childhood was all right. I mean, I had an abusive father, but it was more physical than anything else. He was just a big man. Oh, yeah. He was rough on you guys, yeah. like the family, your mom. Well, it was, and... No, it was really just me. Really? Because I was, I, was, I was small for my age. So he was just like he was trying to toughen me up. 
But then him and my mother got divorced when probably about 11, 12 years old. Yeah. And me and my mother and my sister, we packed up when we moved from Tucson to California, to San Francisco. Wow. And stayed out there for about a year, almost two years. We came back, and then they got remarried again. And married for another couple of years, and they got divorced again. And then, so I was raised, being more or less being raised by my mother. Yeah. All my manners and stuff were in were instilled in me through her. She taught you pretty well. Yeah. That's good. Praise the Lord for a good mama. And then, but being with her, though, is also what discipline was as it was. And, yeah. Uh, I was more or less had free reign to do what I wanted to do. And then got messed up in addiction, drinking and stuff like when that. When you were a kid, like a teenager? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was she, about 15. She let you do what you wanted to do? And... I just more or less just did what I wanted to do. Yeah. So 15 is when you started getting into drugs? Yeah. What did, the, what did that look like? I was, I was just smoking marijuana and stuff, just being around with everybody else. Yeah. Because everybody else was doing it. Yeah. And it was just trying to fit in. And more or less went on and all the way up until my 30s. Wow. So you started in at 15, and yeah. was it just marijuana for a long while? Or? Yeah. And then it progressed up a little bit. Yeah. What was the next level of progression for you? Uh, cocaine, acid. And then meth come out, meth. How old are you, how old were you when you started those things? Right around twenty. Okay, so did things start getting a lot darker at that point? Yeah. What did your early twenties look like? More or less just being drunk all the time. Yeah. Were you still living with your mom? More or less. Yeah. But she had left in nineteen eighty eight, moved out to Georgia. I was still in Arizona, and then I was supposed to move to New Mexico for work. And a week before I was supposed to leave, my cousin's car engine blew up. Oh, wow. So I had already done gave up my place and everything like that, my job. And so I told my mom about it. She says, come on. So I packed my stuff up and moved out here. How old were you then? Right about 20, okay. 24. Somewhere so at that point, you were really drunk all the time, doing yeah. cocaine, yeah. a lot of harder drugs. And um, then you moved to Georgia. Yeah. Okay. So what that time period look like? Still on the drugs de- while well, you were here? Not really starting out. Not until I, because I didn't really know anybody when I got out here. And I was more or less trying to meet the new family. Yeah. All I knew was my stepdad. And I didn't know any of his family. And got to know them and then started, got, started working and started doing to other people. And then it started back over. The cycle started back over, drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Did, were you getting in trouble with the law at that point? or No. Nah. No, I didn't really get in the Trouble with the law until probably 19, well, yeah, I did get in trouble with the law. I got my first DUI six months after I'd been here. In Georgia? Yeah. Okay. And then I got another one six months later. Wow. Wow. Were you mean when you were no. high at all? Like, no. were you mean to your mama or anything? No. You are still, no, still was, respectful? I always respected my mother. I loved her. Yeah. That's good. So, two DUIs, how did things go from there? What did, what? T- I just I let my my driver's license lapse, and then so I just went just working, mainly working, and then all I did was keep my addiction supplied. So were you able to work pretty yeah. well while, worked, during worked, that time? I worked every day. Yeah. What kind of work did you do? I did all construction. Yeah. Outside a lot. Mm-hmm. So you you'd work during a the day, then you'd go home, get drunk yeah. or get high, yeah. and then yeah, 
maybe try to sleep it off and go back yep. to work in the morning. Yep. Do it's same cycle over and over and over. Yeah. Okay. So uh did things get worse from there? Yeah. I mean after work after a while that's I got in trouble and found out I was had a warrant for me, so I decided to take off and go back home in Arizona. So what was the warrant for at that point? I just it was just warrant. Okay. So I just So you you found that out and you just booked it out of here and got yeah. it went to my Arizona? Dad, yeah, my dad told me to say, Come on, I got your bus ticket, so I rode back, was out there and then same thing happened again. The cycle of addiction came back and and getting a DUI there and then they ran my name and so they brought me back. So you couldn't get away from it? No. And then when I got here and got put in the thing that is get rolling me and rolling me, so I just said Forget it. Let's plead guilty. Get it over with. Yeah. And I did 10 years to the door. Got ten, out. 10 years? Did wow. 10 years to the door. Got out. Violated my probation. Went back. And they told me I was only supposed to do two years, but I ended up doing seven and a half because I had no place to go. Oh, wow. In so, prison? Yeah. So that's when I. That was got, after the 10 years. Yeah. So 10 years, you got out, and then you did seven and a half more years? Yes. And then. While I was there, they kept telling me, you need an address, you need an address. I said, I don't have nobody. So you could have gotten out after two years, mm -hmm. but because you didn't have a place to go, yeah. you ended up staying five and a half more years? Mm -hmm. Until one day I went, I was at Dodge State Prison, and then my counselor there gave me an application, told me to fill this out. It's for a halfway house in Columbus. I filled it out, and then they accepted me. That's how I met Mike Krug. Wow. Because he ran the halfway house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that the Beacon House or was that yes, something different? Yes, it was Beacon House. Okay. Stayed with there about eight months because when they first let me out, I didn't have no paperwork, no driver's license, no ID card, birth certificate, nothing like that. And it took about eight months to get everything straightened out. But yeah, he got me a job, was working good. And when I was getting ready to move out, he asked me if I had my driver's license. I said, no. I said, I haven't had a driver's license in 20, over almost 30 years. And he said, I want you to get a driver's license. I said, okay. So I ended up going to DUI school and got my driver's license back and then finally got my own place and then trying to help somebody because I've seen somebody I felt bad, I felt sorry for, so I tried to help them out. I let them move in and then they ended up dragging me for two years. Drag? What do you mean? Didn't work. It was always doing drugs, drinking it all the time. So I, you were back into that? No, I was, not at first. And then it just progressed into later and later. I find, they pulled me in. Okay. So you had I been clean. I, yeah, I'd been clean for uh, like a year. Okay. And I just got pulled into it. Because you're staying with someone that yeah. that's what they were doing. and They wouldn't leave. So, and I couldn't do victim because it was during uh during the COVID. Oh, so you were like just in, a, in an apartment. You guys were sharing yeah. an apartment? Yeah. Okay. So I just ended up letting it lapse. Because, uh my landlord didn't want to fix nothing, so I just stopped paying rent, and then I'd gotten a, a dirty UA. What's that mean? Your analysis. Okay. I was on probation, and my probation officer violated me and put me in jail for 30 days. Got Here out. in Muskogee County? Yeah. When I got out, they had uh, evicted me from my apartment where they were fixing to. So I went, got myself out, and checked into the motel for a couple of days, and then decided to go try to stay with a friend. Couldn't really stay with him. And the sheriff's department come and found me. Said, you can't leave here. You got to go to jail. 
that put me in jail, gave me a, a one-year sentence for for being homeless. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so you were trying to stay somewhere in there yeah. that wasn't your place? Yeah. Was it a vacant place? Yeah. No, it was vacant. It was somebody, but I, he was a friend of mine. He but was he also, didn't want you staying there? No, no he, won't, he, he didn't mind, but he was also on probation. So he you, couldn't, you couldn't stay there together? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But they put me in the, sent me back to jail for a year. Probation officer told me they would take me into Freedom House. So said, you oh, found out about the Freedom House? Probation officer. Okay. That was the men's shelter? Yes. Went there, and that's how I met my crew again. Wow. He, he was running the Freedom House. That had been after the transition when yeah. Safe House Ministries absorbed the Beacon House Ministry, yeah. and Mike came over and started running the men's shelter. Um, and then, awesome. Okay. So after that year? Yeah. When I was doing that year, I was diagnosed with skin cancer. Wow. And I ended up, by the time I got out, I had a, probably a golf ball-sized tumor on my cheek. Man. And so I couldn't work it because I was going through treatments, radiation treatments for it. And so I was just helping out because one of the drivers, Ed Coleman, Roberts, you started using me to help him move furniture and stuff. And that's how I got through with the safe house. I already, I already knew the chaplain. I've been knowing him for years. Neil? Yeah. How'd you know? I I went through the Beacon House. Okay. He used to come every Wednesday for Bible studies. Awesome. That's how I knew him. But he used to help Ed, and then Ed would also work the desk in the safe house, and I would be there with them and helping clean up and stuff like that. And all the, some of the other workers there see me. They was like, we got to have him. He wow. can work. He can work. So and, you were a client staying at the Freedom House, and then yeah. you were also just really serving and helping yeah. and working just wherever yeah, you were needed in the ministry. volunteering my time because, like I said, idle hands, devil's playground. Yeah. So I was, I was wanting to do something. So you were clean at that point, yes. totally off of the drugs? Yes. Did you just accomplish that on your own? Or yeah. did you have, okay. Yeah, yes. You just made that decision and you said, yeah. I'm done with this. It's mm-hmm. not, it's bad and I want to stay away from it. And you yeah. just, you got clean. Yeah, because yeah, more or less, I think that all the trouble is caused from my addictions and my drinking. Yeah. So. Were you a Christian at that point, or was well, that before you met Christ? This was after I met Christ. I mean, when I was, just before I got out of prison, that's when I... The last time in to, prison? Yeah. So that last year you spent in the Muskogee yeah, County Jail? No, no, 2019. 2019, when I okay. Got, when I, my last year in prison. Tell me about that time. Yeah. How did you come to know Christ? I was, I was sitting there just bored. And then in the prison? I, yeah, because I was just wasn't really doing nothing. And somebody said, come on to church with me. So I started going to church and... At the then, like yeah. when a chaplain would come yeah. in or a, yeah. a pastor would come in and yeah. do a service there in the jail. Yeah, and then that's when I started. Yes, I like this. I like this, and so wow. I started going every week and almost every day they had it. And then they had a discipleship program, where you read ten books and you do twelve Bible studies to get a Bible. And put myself to that, so it took took my mind away from everything else. And, yeah, and, and I did it. And then that's when I say when I found out I was getting ready to get to go home. They would come to the Beacon House. So they through, said, go ahead. Yeah, more or less what happened when I told them a week before I was leaving. They said, they said, I'm going home. They said, you are. And I said, but I want to finish my discipleship. So I ended up reading six books and doing all the wow. Bible studies in one week. Wow. Just so I can get my Bible before I left. Wow. You were serious about that. Yeah. And when, so did during that time, you came to the place where you realized you were a sinner, you were lost, yeah. you needed to, to be saved yeah. by Jesus? That's why I, I decided to have myself washed. 
clean. So you accepted Christ into your heart, got saved, Mm -hmm. and then you wanted to get baptized. Yep. What do you remember? What church that was, or what pastor that was? was? I don't remember. It's just the chaplain that was at the yeah uh, Dodge State Prison. Okay. So then, did you get baptized while you were in prison? Yes. Okay. That chaplain did that. Yeah. I got baptized in October, and I left in February the next year. That's and that's awesome. What year was that? 2018. Baptized 2019 when I got. Man, praise the Lord. Okay, so you became a Christian at that time. You you got out and you were different at that point. Yes. Yeah. And that is that when you were, had made that change to Not stay when clean. I, when I made the change, is that's when I felt like the Lord had something for me because He got me out. Yeah. The predicament I was in. That's it. I put put the effort out, try to get myself better, and I did for a while until I fell into the wrong crowd. Yeah. And then got in trouble again. So then after that, you spent the year yeah. at the jail. Yeah. Then you got out, and that's when you started, came to the Freedom House. Yeah. Okay. But you, and you had gotten clean during that time in yeah. jail yeah. and then came now back I'm out. Two and a half years now. Wow. Clean is over. Praise the Lord. So you began helping at Safe House, volunteering, and then yeah. it transformed into a full time yeah. job for yes. you? Yes. More or less. Yeah. And I, I've, been moved up to uh, now and I'm an assistant manager. Assistant house manager or assistant like? Assistant manager of the safe house. Okay, right under Paul Parker? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Do you like that? Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like on weekends, I am the manager. Awesome. Don't have to worry about it. nobody coming in. You know, I, the, the, the place runs good while I'm there. Good. Man, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years clean. Yep. You going to church anywhere? No, because most of my time is just. Safe house. It's safe house. There, yeah. Like yeah, I'm there on weekends, day. yeah. Yeah, so seven days a week. Yeah, just about. Yeah. I mean, even on the days off, my days off, I still come in because I drive people in, drop yeah. them off, and then pick them up. Yeah. Or if they need work, something else else done, I, I'll do the work for them. Yeah. Are you able to hit some of the chapel services <laughs> there uh, sometimes at the safe yeah. house? Not really, because at that time, we're getting ready to get set up for lunch and everything like that. So, so it's a busy time, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Are you still at the Freedom House as yes. well? Okay. Do you have any family that's here still in Columbia? No. I have a sister that's in Augusta. Okay. And I usually try to take off at least once, one weekend a month. To go visit to her? go down there and see her. Okay. Any other family? No, that's it. My father passed in 06. My mother passed a couple of years ago from Alzheimer's. Wow. Wow. You're giving back. You're serving. Yes. You always have a great spirit about you. I, I appreciate that. I it's a very noticeable spirit, just a great, positive, encouraging, welcoming, kind. Yeah, yeah you're always, at least when I see you, you're always smiling. Yeah. I'm sure life's not always perfect oh, and no. rosy, but you seem to maintain a good spirit no matter what the challenges you face. Yeah, there's a lot of challenges, but I said dealing with the people at the safe house, our clients and stuff, and it's a, it's, it's a job, but. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work sometimes. Oh, yes. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a support structure? Are you going to AA meetings or no. NA meetings or just your support structure is the just other more, Safe House less, family? Yeah. It's, it's like Safe House is my family. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Sean, what advice would you give maybe to someone who's listening and maybe someone that's struggling with addiction or with the law or, or whatever it might be in that in a similar place of darkness? What advice would you give? Just to change your mentality. 
So if you want to do better, you have to make have to be willing to make the change in sport and to give yourself a good support or staff or structure or whatever. Yeah. Have good people around you. Because if, if you want to change, you can't have the same old people. That's one of the things about being in with Safe House and stuff. It got me away from the people that I used to hang with. Now I have a new set of friends and everything like that because that's my family. Yeah, that's good. Sean, is there anything I didn't ask you or anything you feel like would be good to for others to know? No. But you're about to ask everything you need to. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you being here. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate your willingness to share your story. I'm sure that it was some pretty rough times for you. Do you remember what the, the, the roughest, darkest time was? Did you ever get to the place where you felt like there was just absolutely no hope, or did when you I always lost, when I lost my mother? Yeah, it almost put me. It almost made me spiral. But when I found out that my sister said she wanted to help me, I said okay. And so uh, I straightened myself up because of my sister, because she was wow. good. She's going through medical problems. Yeah. So I now I make sure I go down to see her, make sure she has everything she needs, her medication and stuff like that. Give her a little bit of spending money if she needs it. Wow. How long ago was it that your mother passed away? 2000. Okay. I, bet she, I already knew she had Alzheimer's. I had to talk to her in 2016. They told me she was diagnosed with it. And it was just early stages then. Okay. She's just forgetful about some stuff. But then by the time I got out and got a hold of my sister, finally, my mom was just in, in the end stages, stage four. And like, to me, she couldn't talk. And then she just stared vacantly and stuff like that. But I used to video chat with my sister, and she, one day she took her phone, turned it around to my mother, and said, here's your son. And my mother looked, and she just eyes lit, and she reached out to grab the phone because she recognized who I yeah. was. Didn't even know she couldn't say it. Yeah, wow. Was that during the time, like after the the prison time, but before yeah. the Muskogee County jail time? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because she died when I was in Muskogee County. So that time you started to spiral back into the drugs, but then uh, your sister helped you get back yeah. out? Yeah, yeah. Once when when I went back when I went to jail, I just I said I I can't do this no more. That was it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Anything else you want to share? That's about it. Yeah. Do you love your the work you're doing at Safe House? Oh yes. Yeah. Because I I don't really consider it a job anymore. Yeah. It's more of a calling. That's awesome. That's awesome. I look forward to coming to work every day. Yeah. To just serve Jesus and serve yep. others. Yep. That's a great spirit, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good example. Thank you for being here, Sean. All right. yeah. you, you mind if I uh, close this in a word of prayer? Okay. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for Sean. I just pray that you would bless his life. I pray that you would guide his path. Thank you for the change that you have made in his life. Thank you for that chaplain just coming in and putting Sean through that discipleship program. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that drew Sean unto you because you had a special plan for his life because you loved him and you wanted to save his soul. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for putting him in your service here at Safe House Ministries, using Sean to be a help and a blessing to so many others. Continue to guide his path. Lord, help his sister with the struggles and health issues that she faces. Pray that you'd be with her, be with Sean, bless their relationship. Continue to keep Sean strong in his faith, Lord, and help him to just to maintain the, the wonderful, beautiful spirit that he has, just showing the love of Jesus to others. I pray these things in Jesus' name. 
Amen. We look forward to being with you again next week as we share another testimony about the power and the goodness of God to change lives through Safe House Ministries. If you are someone listening to this podcast that loves to hear these stories of the great things that God is doing in changing people's lives for the better, and if you would like to be a part of that work, please reach out to us. You can reach us at 2101 Hamilton Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31904. You can call us at 706-322-3773. Or you can email us at info at safehouse-ministries.com. Thank you so much for being with us this week for the Renew, Restore, and Rejoice podcast of Safe House Ministries. We pray that God will bless you this week, and we look forward to having you back with us again next week for a new episode.